Hi, and welcome to episode number 16 in the Signal Integrity Journal's Fundamentals Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bogatin. I'm the technical editor of the Signal Integrity Journal. This episode is brought to you thanks to our friends at Rodi and Schwartz. Today, I'm pleased to have with me Robert Ferenik. Robert is an expert in hardware design and is the founder and CEO of his own company, Fediville Academy, where he specializes in technical education for hardware engineers. Join me in my conversation where I catch up with Robert at his home in the Slovak Republic, and we chat about his path to get to this point and some of the challenges in hardware design today. Well, Robert, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's I, In full disclosure here, I've worked with you for a couple of years now. Uh, and I've always been a, a fan of your work. I, when I started teaching my uh, PCB class and learning about Altium, uh, you were the first name that popped up in uh, of folks offering uh, videos and training about Altium. So I have to thank you for a lot of what I know about designing with Altium I've learned from you. So thank you very much for that. And, and we've had a chance to work on a number of projects together and we do some videos. So it's been a pleasure working with you uh, uh, over the last couple of years. No, thank you very much to you, Eric, because uh, you helped me to understand a lot of things and also create videos, I think, which uh, are super useful for many people who would like to understand how PCB layout uh, can be improved and how it actually works. Yeah, and it's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot as well from, uh, from from those interviews. But, you know, in all the times that we worked together, I've never had a chance to talk to you about your background and how you got started in, into this. And and when I when I interview folks, that's one of the things that a lot of my listeners really are interested in is how did she get started um, in, in this path that, that you're on now? So give me a little bit of your background. How did you get going into, uh, in, into Altium and, and creating these videos and building your business? Okay, so... Uh, I will be honest, okay? When I started, I had no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) So I I still remember, uh, I always liked electronics because my uh, grandpa, he was doing uh, some things. And I remember I went to this, uh, uh, when I was young, like, I don't know, sixth grade or something like this, they sent me to, what is it, uh, competition? And, uh, And they asked me, like, I had this uh, small circuit, which was uh, opening and closing uh, doors for hands. Uh, you know, when th- when there was dark, doors closed, hands should be inside of it. I don't know how it's called, hands something. Okay. And uh, in the morning it opened. And I brought this to this uh, competition and they asked me, how does it work? And I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I started. I, and uh. it was for a very long time, I had no idea. I actually I was into programming, and uh, I was doing hardware design only because I needed some hardware to program. And uh, yeah, and one of my first projects was actually at the university, and uh, and it was uh, using it was a microcontroller, Texas Instrument microcontroller, and uh, DSP. Together, we were building uh, a system for measuring. And um, one of the very first PCBs what I designed for this was keyboard, like the front panel. And of course, I was receiving random interrupts. No one was pressing buttons and I had no (laughs) idea what was happening. Uh But I was super lucky uh, because I got offer from from, uh, 
a company which was uh, offering really good salary. So I left university uh, during my PhD study and uh, and my first task was, or one of my first tasks was actually design a computer. And again, I had no idea what I was doing. And I'm, uh-huh. I'm telling this because uh, I would like to show uh, many other people who may be in very similar situations, like they need to work on a project and a project and they have no idea what they are doing. It's normal. And that's uh-huh. how I actually learned. Uh, so actually I did, I built, uh, I designed the, uh, the board and it was, a, it was based on Intel PXA processor. I'm not sure if you, rem- if you remember, it was like in 2003. And it was running Linux, and it was used in uh, a uh, I've, um, internet telephone, basically. And so and that was, went, yeah, yeah, that was your first um, uh, uh, professional board design that you did for a product. Yeah, that was my very first uh-huh. one. Yeah. And and when you designed that board, um, so you designed you were responsible for the circuit as well, and then you you did the circuit schematic, and then you did the layout for it, and and you got the board. And did the board work? Yeah, uh, I did. We did everything. Actually, we were only two hardware design engineers in the company, and uh, we were both. Uh, uh, he was my friend. We studied at university together, and basically, he found a job, and they needed one more engineer. So he told them, like, "Okay, let's." Here is friend of mine, so let's work together. So we had no idea what we were doing. We had to design complete product from nothing to we we even designed the box for the product so everything uh-huh. and there was no senior hardware design engineer we have never designed any boards professionally it was mess like and but i learned so much and uh, uh-huh. then i could I think that would help me to create maybe some of the courses or videos what I do because I still remember like how many mistakes I, I've done. Right, right. <laughs> and 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 so you you know what they say, an expert is someone who's made all the mistakes possible. So <laughs> those of us that have been doing this for a long time, we've made a lot of mistakes and that has moved us as long as we learn from them, that moves us up that learning curve to become expert. Yeah. After creating yeah. Uh, videos with you, actually I understand many of the mistakes which were mysteries at that time uh-huh. like you know designing two layer board with like uh bus and uh, and tracks on both sides and uh signals running everywhere <laughs> and of course it was freezing and crashing and uh-huh. again i was like this this board what we the first batch was working perfectly fine the second this second batch is not working what, what is happening <laughs> So you were in um, this company, you're designing uh, boards there. How did, did you start out with Altium or was there another layout pool that you started out with? It was Protel. Uh, Protel. So, okay. Yeah. So I started with Protel. Okay. And how did you evolve to uh, becoming independent and starting your own company? So uh, basically what happened, uh, I knew I need to learn English. So from... Uh, when I was still working in the Slovak company, I actually started looking for a job in English-speaking country. And at that time, it was uh, easy to move to the UK because we became part of European Union. 
And uh, so that was my next step, learn English. And and everyone who already know how to speak English, uh, I need to stress, you are super lucky. <laughs> you don't know how big advantage you actually have. And uh, so after I uh, after five years working in the UK, I, I always knew I would like to set up uh, my own company. So maybe I think like after four years uh, working in the UK, I started uh, buying some books about business. I I learned, uh, I started uh, programming my website and preparing for leaving the company. And uh, after uh, five years, I decided to leave. Basically, the main impulse was uh, we were expecting uh, our son so we wanted to move back to Slovakia and uh, and I saved uh, enough money uh, to told myself like let's try one year do something and uh, and not like look for a new job and basically that's how I moved to freelancing but originally I was not really doing freelancing originally I wanted to do software. I wanted to, you know, design a website which is going to make millions, but it didn't work. <laughs> so, so it was not so easy, and it didn't work exactly as I imagined. So basically, what happened uh, when I was designing this website? A friend of mine he asked me like, "I have this client, and he really would like to design this simple PCB. Could you help?" him with this and I was like oh I'm not designing PCBs right now you know I'm doing this software which is going to make me rich but you know <laughs> it's simple it's simple and I was like oh okay okay I will help him and and basically I designed one board and then he was like okay I would like to say also this one and then I found another client and then I was doing freelancing for like two years so you took but, advantage of opportunities that came your way. And I think that's really key because, you know, many of us, we have an idea of this, what we want to do, but other opportunities come our way and we take advantage of those. And that sometimes leads us down a different path. And you know, I always tell my students that there are oftentimes multiple right answers, that there isn't just one way of, of moving forward. And you want to be open to those opportunities. And it sounds like a number of them came your way and have, were instrumental in moving you down the path that you're on now. Yeah, definitely. I, I never imagined myself actually doing online courses. It was some kind of... Um, I explained, I think I told this story a couple of times, but I can, I can say it again. So basically yeah. what happened when I went to freelancing, I knew I need to find new clients somehow. And uh, the easiest way at the time was writing blog and, you know, making videos. And also, uh, also the main reason actually why I started making videos was because uh, when I was working on a project, there are these phases like memory design. Yeah. And then there is half year um, something else what I'm doing. And then I do memory design again. And I was like, how I was doing this memory design? I don't remember how I set it up. So I started making uh, videos uh, also for myself to remember how to do some things which I normally don't do. And uh, I have to learn them again and again and again. And basically, after I started posting these videos and, and blog about uh, doing hardware design, 
Or people started asking me questions like, oh, could you also help me with these? Or I have this question. And I was like, okay, okay. Uh, I can't answer all the questions. So if uh, if you would like me to help you, I will make a video, I will make a course where I explain everything. But, you know, I I have to make some money from this because otherwise I have to do this freelance work. Yeah. So if you pay, then I will make the video. And that's basically how I started making these courses because enough people was interested to to watch this kind of content and pay for it. Uh -huh. And now your business is based on uh, mostly training or do you do design work as well? Uh, it's because now I run company, it's more complicated. Uh, I try to stay in design, but it's not possible to to do it every day. And if you work on complicated design, you know, usually when I was designing products, it took like one year to design a real product full time. And uh, it's not possible right now. So uh, what I do, I sometimes like to do consultations. So uh, for example, recently, a friend of mine, he was uh, designing a board with DDR4 memories and he had this uh, junior engineer so uh, basically, I was helping the junior engineer to check the work and giving him advice how to do it. But he was doing all the manual work and, you know, um, drawing and connecting all the pins. But I, I don't do that anymore, only, only for the videos. Uh -huh. and, and you have a, a lot of YouTube videos out there and all the YouTube videos are just, um, you, it's all free for anybody to view. You have a lot of uh, training videos and, and we've done a lot of videos together. Um, and is that the, the kind of videos that you do, how would you describe them? I try to make useful videos. For example, the last one, which I published just today, uh, it was, it was not even my idea. I have software engineer he's like super clever uh, but it was very interesting to see that uh, when we were for example uh, trying to work on a project with a robot it was very interesting to see how how complicated for him it may be or how how he think it's complicated to design an arduino shield simple board Mm -hmm. And he was like, I really would like to have like this step-by-step -step tutorial, which just shows me from zero to finish board, how to create this simple Arduino shield. And I was like, I can do that. I can, I can make video about this. So I don't come up with all the ideas. And, uh, and uh, uh, very often it's something what I'm working on or someone else uh, asked me about or if I make videos, if I make interview videos, it's uh, very often it's something what I would like to learn, something uh, what I would like to know, but I don't really have time to browse through internet and search all the resources and picking up what is right, what is wrong. Uh, so I, I have this uh, really nice opportunity to ask clever people just the exactly the questions what I would like to know answer on and it's like super fast and it's super cool to learn this way. So uh, yeah, I've noticed in a lot of your videos and, and the ones that we've done together, you, you have a, a practical problem or practical design and then you ask the questions that 
every engineer, every designer is going to have about, you know, why do you do it this particular way or what's going to happen if you do this? And when you have an expert there, it's like you've curated the problems uh, into the specific ones that any designer would have in, in facing that problem. Um, and so you're able to get to, you know, a condensed version. You don't have to wade through a lot of material to find that one answer. You've got it right there in, in front of you when you, exactly. when you ask the ex expert. And, and that's why a lot of them are so effective. And I've seen some of your videos, you have like 70, 80,000 uh, views for some of your, your uh, YouTube videos. Some of What's the ROER YouTube videos. Are we oh, with us? Are we yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what is the largest number of um, views that you've had for any any uh, YouTube video, do you think? Uh, it's kind of sad because the, the, the one which has most views is just a short one minute video. It has over a million views. A so, million views. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, it's this video is not the kind of video what I'm like, uh, this is the kind of video what I would like to do. It's just a video what I made, like, okay, let's make video about this. And... <laughs> uh -huh. what, what was the topic of your million hit video? Uh, it's basically, uh, it's kind of teaser on one of the tutorials I'm working on. And um, basically, uh, when I have a 3D printer. It's it's kind of very specific problem, but it can be also very general problem. But in my case, it's specific problem. So I have 3D printer and uh, this 3D printer is, is using micro SD card as the medium to put in the files. And uh, for me, it's kind of uh, annoying, you know, go to PC, put SD card, Record it, remove SD card, go 3D printer. It doesn't work. Again, take them, yeah, micro SD card, go. And and I was like, uh, I created this uh, ESP32 board. So could we somehow use a multiplexer, connect SD card to the printer, but then maybe uh, read out the SD card and connect it to the SP30, ESP32 board and transfer the file, files wirelessly. So this is basically idea behind this very short video. And I think that's why it has got so popular because uh, maybe many people are frustrated with this kind of problem. And it could actually, it is generic problem. It doesn't have to be used only in this 3D printer. It can be used with cameras or something else. But mm -hmm. it's not a finished project. It's just working barely. So I need to design like second revision, which is going to be much faster, maybe connect with Raspberry Pi or something else. Mm -hmm. So um, the the videos that you do where you are, are training how to solve a problem, what, what sort of design problems um, do some of your videos deal with? Uh, it's a lot about understanding visible uh, layout. Uh, and that's why I like to make videos with you and also uh, other people who are explaining, you know, you are one of the best to explain what is actually really happening on the board. Uh, and you always have also these practical examples. And I like practical examples. Uh, so that's one of the biggest goals for most of my videos, like um, 
make you, people understand yeah. what you, you have some videos though for like ddr memory systems and uh i know you have some for arduino uh for boards um are there any other kind of specialized products that you have uh, training videos of how to design from start to finish uh, some of the videos are uh, still some kind of tutorials start to finish, but some of them uh, may be like simulations, for example, like how to simulate memories in specific software. Uh, because that's, again, something what I found uh, kind of frustrating when uh, when I finished a board, uh, there was uh, basically almost no one who could tell me how to set up simulations, how does it work, and then also explain the results. So that's what uh, I try to include also in some of my videos. And, and there is still a lot of space actually to, to maybe have a closer look on some of these topics. Mm -hmm. And recently you've consolidated a lot of your training and other training materials into uh, a website of kind of a portal that does a lot of training. Um, is that available right now? Is that, is that open? So... Uh... Yeah, basically, uh, someone only few people have seen uh, the new Fedevel, what is what we are working on. But uh, we have been working on this uh, for uh, like three years, and I believe uh, uh, what I see many hardware design engineers, if they if they uh, have if or how to explain this. For example, a company. If company hires a junior hardware design engineer, uh, it's uh, they need to teach him. And very often, you know, senior hardware design engineer, they have a lot of work and also they are super busy. And uh, I was looking for a way how to help uh, everyone who is working in uh, designing these uh, hard designing products, basically. And um, I've seen, it's not only me who is uh, doing these online courses. I've seen, uh, for example, Steve Sandler, he's doing online courses. You have some online uh, uh, materials. And now when these people and companies, uh, they would like to buy these courses, they have to go to different websites. They have to find different people. And uh, I wanted to put everything on one website where basically... Um, would be all the resources from uh, all the resources which are reliable and uh, and you know it's not like random stuff on internet and you don't know if it's true or not and i would like to make it easier not only for people who are taking these courses but also for for these people who are sharing the knowledge because it's like super difficult to create the course, but it, it is even more difficult to sell it then. And if uh, if someone is expert and they don't have uh, any audience or, or no one basically knows about them, then it's like, you know, how they are going to share their knowledge. For them, it doesn't make sense even create the course because they they will not sell it easily with it when they have it yeah so yeah. you're you you created kind of a, a website kind of like a coursera or an edx of consolidated a number of of curated courses on specific topics for hardware engineers that's um, what we are working a one, on a one-stop shop 
What, can you give me an example of one or two of the courses that you have up there? So uh, many of them are my courses, like uh, hardware about hardware design. So from uh, from beginners, how to start with Altium or how to or learning Orchid and Allegro. Then there is uh, advanced hardware design, which is basically about whole whole design process from schematic to manufacturing. Uh, then uh, advanced hard, advanced PCB layout course, of course. Then there are courses. We have a course from uh, Steve Sandler, uh, which is about uh, measuring. I had no idea. <laughs> measuring is actually so complicated, like uh, doing measurement right. Yeah. We have we have courses about EMC. These are super important. Uh, uh, they are actually from Min Sang and also uh, Keith Armstrong, and. Uh, we have also a course from Philip. He's making cool YouTube videos. I'm not sure how many people really. Uh, he has like he has a lot of. He's going to have hundred thousand subscribers. But I'm wow. not sure. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Uh, he has and... very nice voice and very nice like technique to explain things. Uh -huh. So he really makes cool videos. Wow, that's great. Yeah, so um, I'm going to put in the uh, the show notes for um, our podcast here, a link to your website so all of our listeners can click on it and then uh, check it out. It sounds like um, it's a great one-stop shop resource for an engineer wanting to learn more about hardware and all the pieces, but you're also looking for experts to create content yeah. that, that you would you'd place there. So all mm -hmm. of our listeners that are in that expert category um, have a place to to go to um, talk to you about um, adding some of their content to your site. Thank you, Eric, for this. And I would like to say right now, our website uh, looks like engineers for engineers, but hopefully by the end of the March is going to look like proper uh, website with everything how it should look. Well, that's very exciting. Uh, it sounds like it's something that's really going to be valuable for the industry as well. It, it will I be hope. A, a, I hope. Yeah. Well, Robert, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, pleasure chatting with you and learning about your history and where the future is as well. Uh, and I look forward to uh, getting you more content and working on some more videos with you. Thank you very much, Eric. I, I, I always look forward to my videos with you. Hey, it's, it's been a pleasure. Hey, thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. And that concludes my interview. My thanks to Robert Ferenik for joining us and to Rodian Schwartz for sponsoring this broadcast. And thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in. I hope you check out all of our other podcasts at the Signal Integrity Journal. And that's 30 for this edition.